find the baller. My life is more than money and money. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and journey. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. What up, what up, what up, BTB Army? Very special, very special day, very special episode. Guys, you are listening to the world famous, the award-winning, the award-nominated Behind the Baller podcast. This is episode 400. We are talking a major, major milestone. All right, let's get the call out real quick. I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, a.k.a. the Korean Liam Neeson, a.k.a. the Korean John Daly, a.k.a. the Asian John McCall, a.k.a. the Wash Lord, a.k.a. the K-Town Hustler, a.k.a. Back Nine Ben, a.k.a. the Korean Earl Woods, a.k.a. Mr. Motherfucking a.k.a. This show is brought to you by none other than the podcast lords, that would be the captains, a.k.a. the Dust Brothers, Miles Davis and Jordan Winter. Guys, this show is coming to an end soon, and it has and always will be 100% museum-quality professional podcasting. We are coming to you live from Los Angeles. I am back home for a little bit. I'm a little emotional. It is uh, something I don't really want to think about too much. I've actually avoided thinking about it. Um, But yeah, guys, episode 400. This is crazy. I want to say thank you. Thank you to everyone who's listening. Thank you, first off, to... The Dust Brothers. Thank you, Jordan Winter. Thank you, Miles Davis. If you guys know, especially in the last five years, I just don't search for new friends. It has to happen. Just completely natural, right? So to come into my life is not only hard, there is no interview process. You have to organically fit into my wave. You know? Thank you guys for real friends and and I'm glad to be a part of your lives and I'm glad you guys are part of mine. Um, Been some amazing memories. Went to both y'all weddings, you know, um, and and here's to many more. Thank you to Illegal Cartel for the theme song. It's crazy. A lot of people still don't know this. That's actually a full song. You can go download that, stream it, whatever the fuck. But I can't wait for the army to hear the new Cold as Ice theme song. It's dope. Thank you, Lakey Inspired, for the beats. I will never forget the first moment I heard you on that motherfucking keyboard, on that drum machine, and I was like, yo, this dude is special. Right? Thank you. Well, known now as Lakey. You know, I call him Lakey Lake. Your music has made my show melodic at times, and you just really set the vibe right. So as I said earlier, this show is coming to an end. 
It was never supposed to get to 400 episodes, right? And, um, you know, there's been some changes. I've had to deal with some adversity, and, and, and um, there's been obstacles. There's been hurdles. Jimmy's doing some shit. Um, he's got to keep his shit going. I got to keep my shit going. And um, I think it's fair to say a little after Valentine's Day is when we launch Cold as Ice. And if I have to launch it without Jimmy, which I highly doubt, we're just going to do it. And, and if I have to do some to solo dolo, we are going video. We have bought the cameras. We still haven't done soundproofing. That's my fault. There's a lot going on. The Dust Brothers still produce part three. They have a few other shows. They've cut some fat as well. But there's no beef with me and Jimmy at all. He will still co-host this show. He will still be half of the show when he can. But I got to get this thing going. I have to launch this new show. Right? It's going to be almost the same. But I'm adding more format. And I'm bringing more interviews. And I'm enhancing, uplifting more Asian people, activities, culture, all that. I'm going to be talking more about jewelry. I'm going to be talking more about business on that end. Right? I just want to say thank you guys. Thank you everyone who has listened to one episode. Thank you to everyone who's day one been listening to every episode. Thank you. I'm grateful. I am dead ass shocked every time someone new that I meet tells me they listen to this show. I played golf yesterday and a dude who jumped on, younger cat, uh, 28 years old, was like, yo, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, what the fuck? Just didn't expect it. But let's get into the show. So I'm 51 years old, officially. I don't necessarily think I look it. I definitely feel it. I'll tell you that right now. 50 is not the new 40. I'm not trying to hear this shit. And it, it, it kind of is, but but I'm. that's not where my energy is. Um, I'm not trying to be no young cat. Definitely not. I've embraced being a middle-aged man. And uh, I'm, I'm happy with who I am. You know, where I am, what have I, what I've accomplished in life. I think I've said it already. Um, a lot of my goals I, I've hit. There's now just fatherhood, you know, goals that I want to do and, and uh, a couple golf goals. Other than that, you know, I'm really just waiting to see more of the world and just do the things that I enjoy. Um, but yeah, my birthday weekend passed. Uh, was it five days ago? And uh, I stayed in and chilled. I spent time with who matters the most. But thank you to everyone who reached out, especially, you know, you guys who I've let into my life, friends, uh, subscribers, you know, really the BTB army. I appreciate it. It was, it was, uh, it's, it's been a weird year, you know, and, and it started off weird because, you know, last year was so fucked up. I think that there's a little bit of PTSD and some trauma that people are carrying over into the new year and there's a lot of uncertainty, but I chilled with who matters the most to me. And that is just my family. And that is it. That was it. I didn't really, I kind of put my phone on do not disturb. A lot of people reached out. I think a lot of people also caught the vibe like, yo, maybe I shouldn't. And some people are just like, yo, fuck that. I'm reaching out. And I appreciate y'all. 
I didn't play golf. You know, in fact, I decided to go and get my kids each a gift. Got them, you know, something small, some clothes and things like that. Of course, went to Potato Corner, get some wings and get some a gigabucket of fries. And then we watched Hunger Games. And it was dope. I just could just stare at my daughter and stare at Ryder in London and just, I'd just be amazed. It's the most beautiful thing in the world, just to, just to look at things that you've created. And um, I don't have them all the time. Being with them every day, I think I might have taken it for granted in a way. And, you know, it's just a little different now. It's weird. It, it is, but it isn't. I'm just in a different house now. But, again, our, our bond is super strong. And, uh, you know, before the weekend was over, I've been helping my kids with their homework. <laughs> I'm just curious, man. Anyone who's a parent out there who has anyone, any kids from age 8 to, it could be in their teens, it's fine. But I'm going to say this real quick. Kids' homework, my homework when I was in fourth, fifth grade, and sixth grade was not this hard. And I was in a gifted program. My kids' homework is hard as fuck. Not only is it tedious, I don't even know it. I forgot trigonometry, and I forgot a lot of geometry. I think advanced trigonometry was the furthest I went. I don't. I never went to calculus. I don't. I vaguely might remember a little calculus. I didn't get there. Right. Writers doing intermediate trigonometry right now in fourth grade. London's going. It's it's crazy. I have no idea how to do it. That's the fucked up part. I could help them with the basic shit, like some of the fucking colonizing history shit, some of the other stuff, you know, when it gets to math, which was my best subject, right? I got a fucking 1190 on my SAT at a 1600. You got to remember, 1190 was way above average. I took that shit three times, but all I needed was 800, you know, to get my scholarship. But look, I wasn't a scholar. I did okay in school up until around eighth grade. And I really struggled around fifth and sixth grade when my parents were going through a divorce. After eighth grade, I just did the bare minimum. Now I wasn't in no fucking special classes and I like that. I was never in special ed. Obviously, it was just, it was just hard. And I wasn't really interested in school. But London Rider, man, is fucking crazy. And it's private school. I didn't go to private school. So, you know, I feel like fuck, I can't help them. Now I'm embarrassed. I'll call Nick and she can't help him. So I'll call the fucking smartest kid in, in London the writer's class. And London is actually really, really smart. The thing with London, he just doesn't want to study. He doesn't study. He just memorizes shit. He'll take a test and get at least an 85 or a 90. But, you know, the kids are going through some shit. And, and um, I don't know if you guys are out there struggling with your kids' homework, you know. And it's different, trust me, because... I have friends who have kids that are fifth in fifth to fourth grade. And they're like, I'll be, I'll be real with you. They're two years behind my kids. I'm not flexing, trying to say, like, whatever. I mean, I guess they're just trying to prep them for high school and, and for college. And that's if if they even go to college. They say they want to, and that, that's cool. I just, man, 
I'm really going to weigh out those options when it gets closer to them going to college and be like, look, this is what college is going to cost. Okay. And I imagine on a lower level, it's going to probably be a quarter million dollars for each of them. And be like, look, we could do this. We take some training programs and all that. But you tell me what you want to do. I'm just saying kids' homework is hard as fuck and I don't even know how to do this shit. So it's fucking embarrassing. I can teach them all this other shit. That that's really, really, that really is important because they don't teach you how to make money in school. And it is important for kids to be in school so they can socialize. That is probably the most important part. And Kaya's already part of like a mean girl clique, which I need to fucking, she needs to chill out. London is not very popular. He's very kept to himself. He has one or two really good friends and that's all he needs. He doesn't care about being popular. It's crazy. He's very adamant about being, I don't care about being popular. Ryder is the, probably the most popular boy in his class. He is a very popular kid in school. And this school starts at TK all the way to eighth grade. Speaking of Ryder, Spelling Bee Finals were um, last week or this past week. And Ryder made it to the top five. And he got knocked out at number four. Didn't make it to the top three. And it was a stupid word. I forgot what it was. London made it to the top seven, which is better than he did last year. And that's okay. Shit. Ryder killed it last year. You know, it's funny because I was okay in spelling. You know, I got excited about that type of shit, like in third or fourth grade, whatever, around the same time. Nicolette actually won the spelling bee. I don't forgot what year it was, but she won it. So maybe he got that from her. But I see surprisingly genius actions coming from my kids in all different ways. And I know they'll figure it out when they need to. Right now, what's important and what they need is just support and love and a little bit of direction and obviously a little bit of discipline. When it comes time to learn how to make some money, I'm going to be there giving them all the game that I possess. Now, not really switching gears, but we're going through some, some real different times right now. And with any business, a job, any career, you must change, right? You, you must adapt. You got to change with the times or you become a dinosaur. Right. I don't know if you guys had this when you were a kid, but like if you ever got in trouble at school, when a teacher would be like, Yo, why'd you do that, Ben? I'm like, Oh, you know, I saw I saw James do it. And my teacher would be like, Well, if James jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? It would always say this shit. I'd say, No, I wouldn't, of course not. So everyone's doing it, you know? Oh, well, if everyone goes and, you know, runs into traffic, would you run into traffic? Just something in, in, you know, with that sentiment, right? No, you wouldn't, right? Okay, well, guess what? Everyone is jumping off a fucking bridge right now. So now what? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's crazy times right now. Like, for real. It's really, really trying times. Everyone is doing stupid ass shit. When does it stop? The common sense has just gotten less common and it's wild. 
you don't even have to be a real journalist anymore who actually does background fact-checking. They can regurgitate some shit. People get their news from TikTok or whatever. And it doesn't have to be accurate. It's fucked up. Fact-checking is big with me. But I'm just saying. You know, you can't even use that shit anymore. Well, these kids are doing this or these kids are doing that. No, everyone is doing stupid shit. And if that's where the trend is going, we're already doomed, right? Look, I know the recession is kicking in. And I said, I've never seen no shit like two thousand, late 2008, 2009, all of 2009, and part of 2010. I've never seen no shit like that. But I was always smart, you know. After that, I was like, fuck, I got through that. I was like, look, it might get a little bit ugly, but you got to just, you know. That's why I told people, man, look, if you fucking got a big check, you got a bag, all right, cool. Spend 10, 15, 20% of that max. 80% doesn't exist. Put that shit away. Even if it ain't doing shit. Now people say, oh, it's fucking stupid. But it's better than fucking. People say, oh, what's the. Shut the fuck up. Most of the motherfuckers that are saying that don't have any money. The ones who really got bread, they ain't giving no advice. I hate to tell you this. They aren't. Motherfuckers I know that really got real paper, they're not really talking to people who don't have paper. That's a fact. Fuck these gurus on Instagram and on social media. Like, oh, well, the money that's sitting under your mattress, you know what I'm saying? It's worth less here. You, you, man, look, <laughs> there's shit that's going up and down. And yes, you got to invest to make money. But I'm saying, if you have nothing, there's motherfuckers out there that got nothing. People are crying about five grand, two grand, three grand, 20 grand. I got different problems. But right now, these layoffs are crazy. Motherfuckers are getting... Activision laid off damn near 97% of their entire company. I think they said they have 12 employees right now. Something crazy like that. I might have misread it, but it's something that nuts. Riot Games, is they're laying off over 500 employees. 11% of their work staff globally. PayPal is laying off 2,500 employees. It is snowballing. The LA Times is clearing out their fucking shit. Right, commercial real estate is not, it's commercial, you're actually losing. I'm seeing buildings that were bought for 14 to $20 million buildings, commercial real estate buildings. And they're selling for five, seven, $8 million losses is crazy. A lot of corporations are shook, shit's fucked up. And I'm not trying to scare you. Some people say, oh man, why are you flexing? Why are you talking about this? I'm just telling you the truth. Why are you trying to scare people? If you're scared of the truth, if you're mad at the truth, toughen the fuck up. Inflation is definitely crazy. For my birthday, I went to McDonald's. That's what the kids wanted. It was easy. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm getting a double Big Mac. Big Mac ain't big enough anyway. Man, I had a stomach ache like a motherfucker. And that shit tastes good as hell. I got extra Mac sauce. Man. This is what I got. Double Big Mac. Triple cheeseburger plain. Ten chicken McNuggets. 
two McChickens, that's what Ryder wanted, okay? Three large orders of fries. I got a large Coke. I got three bottles of water. And that shit was 60 fucking dollars. It was like 58, 57 something. Like, bruh. We won't get more into that. But I know it has something to do with the minimum wage that's raised up in California and all this other shit. And then, it look, hold on. If I hear another person say, well, this is what you voted for. You voted blue in California. And I will fucking break someone's dick in half. I don't give, I know Gavin, Gavin Newsom is a dumb fuck. Yes, that is true. All right, California's fucked up. But it could have been a Republican running this in, in office right now as a governor, and it still would have been fucked up. It could have been independent. We as a nation are fucked up right now. People want to say, oh, these numbers of the fucking illegal immigrants coming in are fucking bullshit. It's the far right pushing this and that, whatever, and it's this person's fault, that person. Nobody wants to take accountability and nothing. Look, I saw the numbers on the government site. They're saying encounters. Yo, there was 300,000 encounters 12, 13 years ago. It was like 3 million now. So whether they got in or not is different. We're not protecting our country. I'm not trying to get into politics. I'm just wondering what the fuck we do because we, as taxpayers, we pay for that shit. So what do we do? I want answers. We're in a fucked up position. Right? Just like you guys want answers, I want answers. And no, I'm not going to resort to selling classes scamming people, doing some scumbag shit. Like, I'm not doing Amazon FBA shit or trying to fucking sell that bullshit. Right now, with the world so vulnerable, this is the perfect time for scumbags to prey on others. So just be careful of all these marketing scams. All right? I'm not saying you can't splurge and live. I'm saying if for those who are really worried about what's going on, I get the messages every day. Yo, I can't feed my kids. I can't do this. I can't do that. And then they're like a DJ. They have no other background, whatever this. Dog, that ain't my fault. I'm going to keep it a buck with you. I'm not saying I can't help. I'm saying I really don't know how much longer my shit is. And there's people who are in line in front of you that I got to take care of. People think, oh, man, you can jump here. No, no, bro. I'm not sacrificing what my kids, this is why I got here. This is why I did everything I did over the last 30 years. I got here so that we didn't have to change or be inconvenienced because the world is fucked up. I'm not saying my kids can't understand that. I don't think they, they're too young to understand what the fuck is going on. But what I am doing is I'm offering an ear. My DMs are open to all my subscribers. If you are a subscriber on my Instagram and I have not opened a DM from you, at least started one, trust me, I look for that little purple mark. I see that purple mark and I open that shit up. It could be light talk, it could be something, whatever. We chop it up. But don't do no stupid shit during this time right now. This ain't the time to do dumb shit. But collectively, I think together, I'm going to start jumping on some more lives. Look, the Zoom call will be happening once a month, like I said. But we need to get 
more communication going. And once we have dialogue and when we talk, telling you, you'd be surprised, man. Discussion really, it does help. And if you can't figure it out from there, man, I don't know what to say to you. Now, now we're switching gears. I don't know what the fuck is up with my algorithm right now. But I either get super male dominant, dumbass shit that's obvious, and also toxic and dumb. But I've been getting a lot of girls who are constantly making videos about how they're so quick to cut a man out of their life. Walking out of negative energy. You know, it's like they forget they might have been the ones that triggered that negative energy. Right? And it's so crazy. All this content they're making is going to have these same girls single making videos like this and even more mad 10 years from now. Get the fuck out of here. See girls saying shit like, oh, you, I don't need this and fuck this and you should look at my sister. My sister really won't. Bitch, that's why you're single. And please, oh, it's just content. I'm just, I'm just creating content, just being funny. It's just satire. No, it's really not though. Because that underlying, you're not a fucking celebrity. You ain't no motherfucker. You ain't fucking... Denzel Washington, you're not fucking Reese Witherspoon. That underlying energy and all them skits that you do, that becomes your brand. Promoting bad shit as a joke and toxic girl behavior creates habits. I get it when you play a bad guy in a movie and you play it so good that people hate you in real life. You ain't fucking Johnny from Karate Kid. The fuck out of here. You know? But that's the problem. I see that shit today. You know, people are like, you know, I, I know it sounds fucked up. When I go to Reels and I, I explore the Reels page now, I used to never comment on a page that I didn't follow or they didn't follow me. Now, that's like my little guilty pleasure. I go to these comments, see a chick, be like, oh, why are you fat shaming this, that, whatever. Look, man, we need to bring a little bit of bullying back. Because I'm not trying to hear the excuses. My boy Chansey was 560 pounds. That motherfucker dropped down, lost 275 pounds. You could do this shit. It may take some time. But it also save your life. And all I'm saying is, man, if we can't have a real discussion here on any microphone that I'm behind then I don't want to have a discussion at all. All right, y'all. We got a little short commercial break, and then I got a little surprise for y'all. All right, be right back. NFL football is winding down and the Super Bowl is inbound in Vegas. But you know what that means? When football's ending, it means basketball is heating up. College ball is headed to madness, and NBA is where the money is made. Need sports betting picks? We got you covered at Captain Picks. 
VIP one-on-one coaching, we got you covered. Me and my team of professional handicappers, aka the captains, are here to help you dominate the basketball season. Get yourself a single sport recurring plan for college and pros with promo code BALL. Yes, B-A-L-L. 20% off, $40 a week all season long for picks, props, and parlays. Captain Picks is legit and it's fun. I love being able to watch games and communicate in the Discord community alongside. You can also sign up for UFC, soccer, tennis, or get them all with all access. Just go to CaptainPicks.com now. I'll wait. CaptainPicks.com is where you go to win. Come join me and my crew at CaptainPicks.com for single sport or VIP for 20% off with promo code ball sports betting should be a team sport make your own luck at captainpicks.com Gronk and Brady Pippen and Jordan Venus and Serena Kelsey and Mahomes what about the perfect teammates when it comes to growing your business that's you and Shopify Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort Thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind entrepreneurs in every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash baller. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash baller to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash baller, all lowercase. Yo, yo, what up, y'all? We are back, and the coffee is kicking in. It is fucking early as a motherfucker. Pouring rain outside. Shit is crazy. Um, Guys, I got a little special treat, a little surprise for um you all. I am giving away a $300 gift certificate to Riff LA. For those of you who don't know, Riff is probably not even just the most OG sneaker secondhand reseller store. It, it really is truly just, it's the mecca of all this shit. I don't fuck with cool kicks, or all these other spots that are just cap, no culture, no real Japanese history behind them. Filipino owned. Shout out to Jeff and Ed over there and the whole crew. $300 gift certificate. You definitely get some cool shit. And I'm sure, you know what, they'll work something out. Bless it more because it's me. But all you got to do is comment 
on the latest post. Make sure you are subscribed to BTB. I don't give a fuck if it's on Spotify, Apple, whatever. Make sure you're subscribed. Okay? Make sure you are following the Behind the Baller podcast page. And then just comment cold as ice. Okay? Just doing that, episode 400. We weren't supposed to be here, but we're here. So you want to get some free kicks? Something cool? All right, follow that shit. I'm going to announce the winner next week. Now, speaking of kicks, my boy Dre, a.k.a. Croatian Style from Nike Talk. It's way back. I've known this dude for 22, 24 years or so. He has a, a Instagram called Project Blitz and a business called Project Blitz it's in uh, the South Bay, Los Angeles. Well, he just got raided by the feds. And Nike executives or Nike Incorporate was behind this raid. And the shit don't look good. They seized all his kicks. His personal $10 million sneaker collection and then another estimated $5 million in stolen Nike goods. Now, Dre, I hope you got a great fucking attorney. But I guarantee... If they raided you, because they were chasing that dude, Roy Harvey, or Roy Lee Harvey Jr., whatever the fuck his name is, they've been chasing that dude for a while, okay? So usually, when they're trying to build a case, they're building a case for over a year to put this motherfucker away for a long time, maybe even a couple years. So that means they probably had Dre Spot surveilled, and um, allegedly... Dre picked up some shit from him, so they went over there to, to Hawthorne and raided the, you know, the spot, and it ain't looking good. And I'm gonna tell you right now, the way Nike works, they don't just go after, you know, your livelihood, whatever. They they going after you to make sure that you learn a lesson. They they're tired of this shit. They're it's a uh, wow, wow. I can't believe it, man. This shit is fucking crazy, bro. People are just getting. I don't I don't know if it's desperation, you know, whatever. And I get people trying to, but that's just fucking crazy especially when it's at that level there is a show called home course that my boy pga memes does and he's had taylor gooch on there i think he's had jason day he's had a lot of pros on there a lot of celebrities whatever the episode with me drops today it's like mtv cribs and then uh you know play a little golf with uh travis miller who's uh the owner of pga memes also parking lot pro and uh I'm sure I am the newest golfer on there for sure. Taylor Gooch, if you didn't know, is um, the live individual champion from this past year. He is a stick. Motherfucker is a beast. And I've never shared that much of my house or, you know, shit like that. Obviously, you have to control certain things. You can't show everything, but it's dope. I was like, fuck it. You know, something I could have never did when I was married and um, in my other crib and whatever. But definitely check that out. Comes out today. I don't know what time. Maybe it comes out later. Obviously, check out my, my social media. Um, I also play nine holes with PGA memes. I don't know if they're going to post the whole entire nine holes. Maybe they edit it down to three holes, whatever. But I played pretty decent with them, too. So pretty cool. Shout out to my dog, Travis Miller. He is a big dude in the golf space. He is, uh, you know, um, works with Liv. 
works with his own charities and other shit and um, really close to John Rahm and he's a good close friend of Jason Day's. He's actually the reason I'm playing events on the Live Tour. So again, shout out to my dog, Trav. Now, back to golf. Finally got to play a full round at Trump National Golf Course in Palos Verdes, California. Yo. This is hands down the best public course in Southern California. To be even truthful, this is the top three. This is the number two public course in all of California. Only thing better than that is fucking Pebble Beach. And only by status. Tory Pines couldn't fuck with this. Period. There's nothing even close. It's that fucking pure. And overall, private or public, to me, this is a top three course in Southern California. And that's including fucking LACC, including Riviera, including those spots. Do you want to know why? I get it. When you play at a country club, when you play at Lakeside, when you play at Sherwood, when you play at fucking, um, you know, Hillcrest or whatever, Bel Air, the way they take care of their grass, when you play on these greens, you start to see like the color of the greens, the undulation, the fairways are so fucking manicured. It's nuts. You don't get to see that at a public course or even an expensive, you know, course or whatever. There are ocean views on every single hole. When I played, happened to be 74 or 76 degrees. I could see Catalina from front to back. It was lit. It is beautiful. You walk into the fucking lobby and it smells like wealth. It smells just like amazing. And it was, by the way, shout out to Keith and Lily there. Lily's the boss. I cannot wait for the WLI. Do you understand that the Washlord Invitational is just, what is it? So we're, in, we're in February now, right? My crazy is February 1st? Yes. So March, April. Hold on. February, March. April. We're three months away, guys. This course, I might sign a three or five year deal with Trump. That's how fucking nice this place is. And remember, rounds there for shitty tea times are 350 during the weekdays. Anything between like 7 and 11.30 a.m., you're paying five, six hundred. On the weekends, thousand plus. And it's shit. It is amazing. I'd suggest getting a membership there. Um, if you could get one, I think there's a waiting list. It is, I'm telling you, I cannot wait for the WLI. It is a tough track. And um, it is absolutely gorgeous. Cannot wait to go back and get some more practice rounds. I might even do a subscriber round there. And that is going to be crazy. Because that's going to be fucking... $3,000 right there. But, you know, as I was feeling good about my game prior to playing there, you know, playing the um, the the Farmers Pro-Am and everything, I did ask almost quick golf yesterday. I'm not bullshitting you. When I got to Trump, got there with my two cousins, played with Keith, who's the pro there. I got to the range and Lily, who is a beautiful human being, pulls up to the range. And I got to lie to you, I was striping a few wedges. I always start with the 56 wedge. 
And I just started topping and shanking balls. Like 30, 40 of them. And my cousins were like, yo, it's going to be a long day if this motherfucker's playing like this. And I was low-key worried. I was like, nah, I'm, you know, usually when I have a bad range session, I play better on the course. This was so bad, I didn't know what to say. I couldn't figure it out. I don't know what the fuck it was. You know, it is a mental, it's crazy. Get to the first hole, stripe one down the middle, and then, you know, I'm playing okay. I'm playing all right. Shot a 48 on the front nine. Hole nine is the toughest hole at that course. Unless you're playing the tips, hole 18 is probably a motherfucker. It would be a 530-yard par four is crazy hard. But back nine Ben came out, and I wasn't fucking around. Your boy was part of Bird Gang, shot three over. No, I'm sorry. Three over, two shot two over on the back nine. My best back nine I've ever had in my life. And on a course like that, I'm going to keep it a buck. We play between the blue and white tees. But I had maybe a top three golf shot in 50 plus rounds. Top three. I had a 108 yard hole, slight wind, island green, forgot if it was a hole 14, hole 15, took on my pitching wedge, hit it 90 feet in the air. It was the most pure shot I've hit in recent memory. Had to be top three, maybe even number two. Dead straight in the air, right behind the pin, probably 12 feet behind the pin. My pitching wedge used to be my 100, 105 yard club solid. Right now that motherfucker is my 110, 115 club so I gained like 10 plus yards on that club and it, it just hit it so fucking pure. Ended up finishing with uh, with 86, my best back nine ever. And then, you know, took a day or two off. Played my country club yesterday. Rain session, terrible. By the way, sorry. Had a lesson with uh, my coach. Shanking balls trying to figure out different positions, trying to get ready for live, and damn near got in an argument with him. Had me rethink life, and I was sweating like a dog. Went and got some Korean barbecue, tried to reset, felt like shit. So you know what? I want to practice some shit in the house. I got a little, you know, a little putting, let me a little chipping mat in the crib. Get to my country club yesterday. Shanking balls. Get paired up with the guy, old Russian man that I know, play with like once or twice. And then another member who's been there for a while. And a young cat who happens to be BTB. Now, this kid played college baseball. He's a stick. Hits the ball fucking 300 yards. Um, good player. I'm struggling fighting for my life. On the front nine, I shoot a 45. And I'm not going to front. Part of the first hole was like, yo, okay, doing all right. Second hole, hit one kind of far left. Third hole, get my GIR, three putt. 
very big green. Double bogey, double bogey. And I'm like, yo, I need to, I need to really think about my life. Get to the first part three. Sorry, the second part three. Pure it. My six iron. One of the hardest clubs in my bag to hit. Then I miss my birdie up on the par five. End up bogeying it. And, and I'm just like, yo, I don't know what the fuck's going on. At the turn, I get some food. And yep, back nine Benji came out. And um, I did not double bogey one hole. Bogeyed four holes, parred five. And the crazy part is, out of those five pars, four of them were missed birdie putts by less than six inches. I literally was just back. I was like, yo, I'm finally striping these balls, having solid contact. Hole 18, there's a little lake before the green. Again, I'm 113 yards from the pin. Probably 15, 20 feet from the pin to the, the lake, right? On the backside, sorry. Take out a P wedge. I hit it. I ain't gonna lie to you. Came up a little short. Hits the the fringe. Bounces off the fringe. Hits the rocks on the lake. Spins off the rock. Goes back on the green. And now I have a 15-foot putt for par. Like 13 feet, partly. Knock it in. Felt fucking amazing just to get the shanks out of me. I really got to get my shit together. It is what Thursday. It is fucking pouring rain, so there's no no golf today. Might try to hit some balls tomorrow. Definitely got to get some fucking um. Definitely, definitely, definitely got to get some golf in before I leave to Vegas next week. You know, got live Las Vegas, so I really got to get my shit together. Really, really, really need to get my shit together. And yeah. I will not be in Vegas for the Super Bowl. I'll be there all up until right before. But real quick, Lions, come on, bro. When I tell you you had that game in the bag, even though I, you know, I, I said the Niners were gonna go and I wanted, but it was just like I know Niners fans were shitting. So the Niners are going to the Super Bowl like I predicted early on in the season. Said it here on tape, on wax. The Ravens. That was a huge disappointment. Just because I knew they could have got it done. I know Mahomes is, you know, was is got more accolades than Tom Brady now. At before 30 at least, I'm sorry. But script or no script, that shit broke my heart. And I will say this. There is no motherfucking absolute way that the NFL is not letting Taylor Swift win this game. I'm going to bet some money on the game. Niners fans going to be crying. See what happens. It could be, sh- be a shocker. Get their first Super Bowl since fucking 95. It's almost 30 fucking years. But let me tell you, Niners lose the Super Bowl? Man, you don't want to hear that Monday episode after that. I might go crazy. For real, for real. But I'm excited for Liv. 
going to be out there shooting with Bryson, Brooks, John Rahm, fucking uh, Ian Poulter, uh, Kevin Na. Got a lot of shit going on out there. It's going to be fucking amazing. It's a blessing. Thank you, Live Golf League, for uh, showing your boy so much love. Now, um, Raising Canaan. I think it was episode four, episode three. No, 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 I'm tripping. I think it's episode seven or something. We're, we're, we're getting close to the end. It's getting good, and it's like almost clickbait to get you mad, and they're really setting up Kanan's life right now. And um, shit, man. Look, fuck around and get you on this season. This is a motherfucker. This is some shit. If you haven't watched Raising Canaan, I'm telling you, this would be a great binge watch to watch season one, season two, then jump into season three and catch up to date. You could do that shit this weekend. I highly, highly, highly suggest you do that. Now, I want to talk about young influencers out there who are goofy as fuck. I just said this I'm going on the Reels Explore page, just kind of just scrolling through. Whatever hits my algorithm does, you know, hits it right. Seen this Asian influencer. I don't even know what the fuck he influences. But he was shooting his shot. And most of these young people, they're out there shooting their shot because they have no shame. And they got a lot of followers. And I've seen this Asian dude Ask Bradley Martin, who is a popular fitness personality and he owns gyms. He asks Bradley Martin for a free gym membership. And his gym membership's really expensive, apparently. I don't know. And the whole incident was so fucking sad and so cringe to watch that I truly had secondhand embarrassment being Asian for dude. Now, I think dude is maybe Vietnamese, possibly Filipino, could be Cambodian, some type of Southeast Asian. And he's just like, yo, man, you know, you closed mouths don't get fed and something of that that nature. It was it was just really, I was like, bro, really? He's like, I ain't got it like that. But, you know, you know, I, I can help you. I could, it was just, it was such a bad pitch. And he just, and he posted on his own page. It's just, and he was trying to shake Bradley's hand. It just made us look bad, made it look corny. It was real uncomfortable. And I go to like check the dude's page out. He has 800 something thousand followers. I'm like, bro, you can't do the 1% rule. He's like, yeah, I ain't got it like that now. But bro, even in this time and age, figure out who your demographic is. Sell something for fucking $5, right? Get a thousand people to buy something for five fucking dollars. Or get 500 people to buy something for $10. You're going out sad, bro. And there's a lot of these I catch. I just don't speak on them. What's that? Uh, not Steam. Is it Kick? That new platform, Kick? It's supposed to like rival Twitch or whatever. It's Aiden Ross. I like the big dude on there. There's this dude, Neon. I guess he's 19. I don't know. You making the wrong people famous. I mean, he's a goofy-ass little nerd. He's a little gump, as they used to call people in the Bay Area back in the day. And he's dating this chick, Samantha, who I actually happened to know. 
who was runner-up in the Miss uh, Young Philippines beauty pageant or Miss Teen Philippines. And I met her there when I was being when I was one of the judges. Don't get the wrong idea, motherfucker. She was 18 then. She's from New York. And she was super really out there trying to get herself out there. Almost to the point where it seemed real thirsty, right? Super respectful. She was really respectful to Nicolette. Really nice girl. Just really wanted to get out there. I seen her start seeing her pop up on car feeds, start seeing her pop up on all type of TikTok shit. Then she started OnlyFans, then she got a page ban, then she got it back. And the next thing I know, she's actually dating this dude, Neon. And this is like Aiden Ross's little lackey. I don't know what the fuck this dude does, but he walks around with security. Now, mind you, he's a little scrawny, little 95-pound, little goofy-ass dude who has a monkey-ass mouth, wears glasses, and apparently, you know, he gets bitches or whatever, and it's just like, it's not great content to me. But he walks around security because obviously he doesn't want to get his ass kicked. Now, it's one thing if you walk around security because you need protection. It's another thing if you need protection because you out there being the problem. And that's what this is. This dude is a problem. He's out there starting shit. He's out there acting up. And the security's out. And I'm going to tell you something real quick. You have some big security guys. Cool. You're going to get one of these motherfuckers smoked. Now, you fucking with goofy people. you starting to get, you know, I can see it starting to escalate and him fucking with people who are actually tough. You're going to fuck around like that dude who was a Postmates or DoorDash delivery dude in Virginia. Fucked around and shot the dude. And... I'm just telling you, that ain't the energy that you want out there. Straight up and down. That's not it. You see Jimmy Boy walks with security? Jimmy don't bother nobody. He's actually walking around to be, because he wants to be safe, and he just wants to protect himself. Still respectful. Not out there like, yeah, what the fuck you want to do? Yeah, I got security. What the fuck? That ain't Jimmy. And that ain't it. Now, Switching gears all the way around. You heard of this guy, Keith Lee, I'm sure, right? Keith Lee went to Dallas. And, um, you know, he's done some amazing things. Every time he has a city, uh, the Bay just didn't go well. It was kind of depressing. But he does these reviews, and he tries to keep it very positive. And it's, you know, if he can't do at least constructive criticism, he just won't do it. Helps people out. Helped the Korean restaurant out in Las Vegas. That's where he lives. And, you know, I'd rather see that from one person. And his experience is obviously going to be a lot different than other people. He tries to make it as non-biased as possible. And, um, you know, there's another dude called Chime Time on TikTok. Now, personally, I don't dislike Keith Lee. Just, I align more with this dude Chime Time. I don't think they're copying each other, or I don't think Chime Time, Chime Time's been doing this for a long time too. I like his reviews because he don't fucking really give great reviews all the time, and he'll go out there and review some regular shit, but he just keeps it way more 100 like I do. Like, he's just, don't give a fuck. So if you check out Chime Time, his shit is funny as fuck, but he's a solid dude, respectful still, but he's, he's funny. Now anyways, I got to thinking about Yelp reviews. I don't give a fuck about a Yelp review. I don't give a fuck if a restaurant has five stars. I never have. Because when you go to a Korean restaurant, 
if the Korean food is really good and it's like OG Korean owned, you are not going to get good service. You are not going to the restaurant to get good service. And I'm seeing people on TikTok and on Instagram reels, these people are so rude. There's this, there's that. All those reviews could be bought. I never fucking check reviews ever. Not hotels, not nothing. You know something by a brand name. And if you don't, you ask around, you get a suggestion from someone you trust. I am my own judge and my own jury when it comes to a restaurant. If someone gives me a bad recommendation, I can't trust them ever again because we just don't align. And this has worked for all of my life. It is foolproof in my eyes. Movies, food, clothes. I don't care if you worship the devil or if you voted for Trump or Biden. I don't give a fuck. I can tell if we align on some design aesthetic shit or on food choices. Now, one bad review or 30 out of 500 shouldn't determine how a place operates overall. Period. You see 30 bad reviews, you're like, God damn. Look, that's still almost 85 something percent. The fucking Lakers and the Dodgers don't even win that much in an entire season at that rate. Motherfuckers who won the Super Bowl didn't win fucking 80%. But seeing this Reels page and this person like, we went to this Korean cafe and this lady, and it always seems like it's a sensitive gay dude. And this person, and again, not Korean. This manager is a Karen told us not to eat outside food. I never even knew that. How the fuck do you not know that? Now he looked young, early 20s. What parent doesn't teach their kid, don't bring McDonald's fries to Chipotle. Don't bring a fucking soda just because they don't carry soda if you're at, a, you know, you're at, let's say, some, you're at Nowhere Cafe. You got smoothies, water, some teas, and you bring a Coca-Cola. Even if you are a paying customer and have shit there. Some places are chill, but just out of respect. This person's trying to run a business, whether you like it or not. Respect their rules. It's their, it's their house. Whether it is a public place of, of consumption and shit like that, you're a patron there. Great. Just be respectful. But this kid is like making a big deal about it because this lady went off. And I'm like, look, I'm not saying it's right. I don't go in there thinking like, oh my God, the service was great. If it is, it's a positive. That's not why I went there. People go to places and be like, oh, the food sucks, man. But you know what? The service was so good. The vibes were good. How, how can the vibes be good if the food is bad? Now, don't mind, look, look, if the company is really good, your endorphin levels are up, you know, maybe the food doesn't really matter. That's fine. If I'm going somewhere, I need it to be at a certain level. Now, it ain't, the bar ain't that high. But trust me, I've gone to places that were like, yo, you're charging $60 for an entree and your food is trash? Now. But rarely you go to a Korean restaurant in Koreatown and the food ain't good. Now, again, Korean people, they're not thinking about that. Times are changing. They're adapting, but they're old school on that dinosaur shit that we talked about earlier. They don't care about customer service. Do you want good food? Do you want to eat it? They're trying to get it out to you in a timely fashion, and that's it. Now, flipping the script all the way over, I went to Denny's last week. Why? My kids wanted to try it out. 
And what's crazy is it's like cafeteria food, maybe a step above cafeteria food. How it, It's crazy how close in price Denny's was compared to McDonald's. Our fucking meal for four people was like maybe, this is including gratuity. If we took away gratuity, it'd be the same price as Denny's. I can't even believe I'm fucking talking about fucking Denny's. It might be 12, maybe 14 fucking years since I've entered one. And I'm not saying, I'm not knocking people who don't, I just, I just don't go there. And by the way, Mendocino Farms is more expensive than fucking Denny's. In fact, I went, you know what's crazy? I went to Ginya Ramen. And I know they got Ginyas all over the place now because I know that they have one in Virginia. But went to Ginya Ramen by myself, got ramen, got a little appetizer, got a Coca-Cola, and I tipped. And it wasn't that much more expensive than Chipotle. It's crazy. Speaking of shit, I'm going to end it on this one. We'll end the food shit on this one. I went to a nice hotel restaurant, right, after I played Trump. It was slightly cheaper to eat there. After tipping everything, it was slightly cheaper to eat there than it was to order Italian food via Postmates. It's fucking crazy. I mean, absolutely crazy. Random fact, random story. Chinese lady leaves $2.8 million fortune to her pets instead of her kids because they did not visit her even when she was sick. Let me tell you something. When a kid is very, very young, younger than three, they remember a few things, I'm sure. I can't think of one fucking thing. I think my earliest memory right now to date is five. I can't think of anything from before that, right? Five to 12 tender, formidable years. Serious development goes on throughout time, and it stuck with me forever with my parents. That is why I am so fucking involved. It is important to make money, earn a living, but I always was made sure that I was present. And I'll tell you this right now, young boys need to be raised by men, period. I don't care if you don't like it, you don't want to hear it. A woman cannot teach a boy how to become a man, period. I stand on business when it comes to that. Now, if the father's not present, they're going to do what they can. Dad is present. A woman cannot turn a young boy into a man. And I want to just say this because it is fucking important that you are there for your kids because they will be there for you, I'm hoping, when you get older. I'm not mad at that lady. Now, this is how I want to end this show. It's episode 400. I said goodbye to some things before this new year started. And at my age now, when I say goodbye, right? I say goodbye with knowing what's at stake. 
And I'm not talking about saying goodbye to your friends for the fucking day, for the week, whatever, until you see them next. I said goodbye to my agent, my manager, my coach. And, you know, deeper than that, you know, I've said goodbye to my biological father, right? It's early in the morning. I haven't had my coffee yet. But I am fully coherent of all my actions. I highly doubt I will see my dad again. And there's nothing I care to ask him. I see people say, yo, man, you know, be careful. You know what I'm saying? You never get to come back. You'll regret saying goodbye. You know, I wish you had, you know, you think about shit. And I think about it with Q, with Jonas and certain other people. Damn, man, I wish they are around, you know. Nothing stops time. Nothing stops my time except for my kids. And when it comes to my my dad, my brother will never understand that part with me. And I think he had actually, to tell you the truth, I think he had it worse than I did. Except I was the youngest, it was different. We grew up in different time. You know, my, my brother's eight years older than me. He's got a very big heart. And I think because my brother has such a big heart, it slowed him down in life a bit. Now, we barely talk. Me and my brother, right? And I'm on a new journey. And on this journey, I don't know where this path will lead just yet. But what I do know is where it's not going to lead me. All right? And this train that I'm on right now does not go in reverse. It's not about letting go of hatred. I already let that shit go. It's about not walking backwards. Now, I don't wish I could go back in time and repair it. I wish I had more time on this earth to do other things. Talking to my biological dad is just not one of them. Not to make this episode dark and end on this type of note, but I only have a few regrets. And I wish I spent more time with my wife. But at the same time, the lessons that will be taught from this won't be taught to me. That is a fact. Now, I regret not playing golf sooner. And those are two things that I think about. Probably golf a little bit more. And I just, you know, people talk about a lot of times, you know, oh man, make right, you know, make it right with someone. You never know when they're going to say goodbye and you never speak to them again and certain things. And I'm just at a place in my life where. I do reach out to people. And don't get me wrong, there could be somebody like my boy Nelson. I don't talk to him all the time. We could have an hour, two hour conversation, talk twice in a month, go six months out, whatever. I can hit dude up, be like, yo, I need to smack this motherfucker across the mouth. Done. Whatever. Let's go eat. Let's go do something. Let's go ride motorcycles. It's just, he's a solid cat. But I needed to put that to rest because I think a lot of people were, were hitting me up. And my sister does too. She understands it now. She just leaves it alone. But I told y'all, 
you cannot control others. You can only control yourself. So before you go jumping in front of any bullets to save someone's life, make sure that person shares the same DNA as you do. And that's unless you got nobody depending on you. And to be fair, I got a lot (laughs) who need me to be here. So unless it's London, Ryder, and Kaya, I'm not jumping in front of no motherfucking bullets. Now guys, episode 400, again, I need to express my gratitude. This is not your practice life. Get that through your skull, okay? Make it a great day. Have a great weekend. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Like I said, we are trying to launch Cold as Ice. If it's got to be without Jimmy, it will be, but I'm sure he is on board. We've already done all the paperwork for all that type of shit. So, guys, again, have a great weekend. I'll see you back on Monday. Love y'all. Straight out the heart of the South Central. K-Town, when you show they can get your issue. Pistol poppers, I know killers that won't miss you. Bike gang, it's all riders, we so cocky. I'm the cat that packed Kobe on his back after work. 60 points your last game when you left us, it hurt. Hit up death at the store, infant colors berserk. Our PBS is so impressive, we light up the earth. Since birth, I put in work, kick out the district. So many fights on sites, kept getting suspended. It's been balling, your bitch, the luxury lieutenant. This fly shit could be done if I didn't invent it. I'm parole, Master P, there's no limits. I broke to the glass ceiling with my first million. I couldn't do it without my wife and all my children. I ain't stopping no time soon, dog. I need a billion. My life is more than money and money. My story's so crazy. Dog. I said make a movie behind the baller I went from playing sports to exotic whips Ain't gotta tell me dog, I know I'm the shit behind the baller My life is more than money and journey My story's so crazy dog I said make a movie behind the baller I went from music exec to this podcast Now I finally feel at home and laugh I was the only Asian that had game in Albany High Now I'm on 2K20 dog, don't look surprised Built my enterprise, made my haters realize Even though I'm washed up, not the motherfucker to drop Cover your eyes, my city Blind, I leave you crying. Collaboration with Moodle Kami is just one of a kind. International used to flip burgers at King, like Martin Luther, bitch. Yes, I had a dream. Call up the queen, give up my price for a royal ring. When it's complete, it's still undefeated, like the money team. This made weather feel better in Jackie Onassis. Pull up on me, you gon' find out who is the fastest. I'm the greatest, but not a Muslim, something like Cassius. Put the double B logo on side of my glass. Rest in peace, Nick Hush, you forever lasting. I'ma keep this shit lit for the homies behind the ball. My life is more than money and journey. My story's so crazy, dog. I said, make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog, I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and journey. My story's so crazy, dog. I said, make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh. Now everybody got their pennies in a bunch. When I say I'm the number one jeweler in the world. It's facts, you know I'm blunt, Drizzy, Drake, Justin Bieber, you see how they stunt A million dollars in the mouth, now some spits to front A sneak a piece for the NFL, hungry as bunch Keep feeding me, I need breakfast, dinner, and lunch Jay-Z with type of fun for the rock chain Rose gold, flip it over and engrave a name I'm legendary, you sensitive catch are so scary When it's showtime, I'm Magic Johnson, James Worthy How about the minivan, rocking my bands, knocking the bass guy It's what I let her do, it's really not a fucking job Illegal parts of this shit so official behind the ball of this what hard work can get you five feet you oh well go tell the one who sent you was been balling your bitch it's been a pleasure to meet behind you the ball.
My life is more than money and shit money and shit. Let's go some crazy dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to the exotic whips. You gotta tell me, dog, I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and shit money and shit. Let's go some crazy dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh. Behind the ball. Take a puff of this BBS and put some luxury in your chest. Behind the ball. It's not been humble, it's been baller representing the West. Behind the ball. I'm just a highly respected shit talking career in the flesh. Behind the ball. With the dopest podcast, that's brothers the best. Let's get it.